This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Who gonna check me, boo? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer, and I am so excited to be back For another episode of Top Chef For another Friday I have missed these little Friday chats for the last couple of weeks I'm all caught up on Top Chef I've finished this season of Ultimate Girls Trip. The finale came out yesterday. I'm all caught up on Vanderpump. I'm all caught up on Jersey. We are we are back on track, baby. We're having a good time. There's lots happening on Bravo. There's lots in the works on Bravo. Uh, we are still waiting on an Orange County trailer. Who the fuck knows what's happening with that? You know, when I left for a 10-day vacation, if you told me that a week after I got back, we would still be waiting for this Orange County trailer. <sighs> what is happening over at Bravo? What is going on? Is there is there something I can do? Is there somebody I can speak to? Do I need to write a strongly worded email? You know, it, it felt, uh, you know, a month ago, it was kind of like, okay, like, where's the OC trailer? Like, should be coming any day now. I bet it'll be this week. I, it must be next week if it's not this week. That was like a month ago. Tamara's teasing it left and right on social media. Andy's saying it's worth the wait. Gina's teasing. You know, like, we are now rounding the corner into May as soon as next week. I don't actually know when May begins, but it's... It, what, April 21st? I thought we were going to have this trailer by the end of March. Ugh. Look, I don't know what's happening over there. But if you if you work at Bravo and you want to, you know, sneak me a little info about OC, we're getting desperate over here. The New York cast, you know, they're getting ready to come down the pipeline Atlanta's starting in a couple weeks. Like th- things are happening, but like at a certain point, you have to wonder like, is everything okay? What's going on? Speaking of what's going on, Denise confirmed to uh, Variety this week that she is returning to the Real Hustlers of Beverly Hills, but. I I kind of felt like this whole report was a little misleading, not in a way that anybody did anything wrong, but just so Denise was promoting some project that she's doing. And during that promotion, she confirmed that she has been filming for the upcoming season of Beverly Hills, which began with her attending one event, I think Garcelle's event unbeknownst to the producers like she was not like on a list or anything they didn't call her she was just she showed up at a party 
And then she says she had a good time. After that, the producers did get in contact with her, invited her to a few more events. She's filmed a few times now. But this does not sound like she's not going to be a housewife for sure. This sounds like the kind of thing where maybe depending how the rest of the season goes, depending how the edit shakes out, maybe she could be a friend of, but honestly, I'm, I'm not even counting on that. And given how many Beverly Hills alums we have had, you know, drifting in and out of the frame, it sounds like during filming this season, I don't really think any of them are in the running for a major role. I mean, Kim has been around. Teddy, I'm sure, has been lurking at lots of Kyle's events. Denise now back in the picture a little bit. I think Camille filmed something. You know, at a certain point, it's like these women aren't like back on the show. They're just at a party. But Denise, I don't know. Denise's whole thing on the show was kind of weird. And I know her second season was marred by the Lisa Rinna and the Brandy hookup rumor of it all. But like, Denise is not somebody who left the show. And I was like, oh, I can't wait till she comes back. I don't know. I just feel like all of this, you know, jockeying around of the old people and who's coming back and is anyone coming back and who's new it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence about the future of that show, or at least of this coming season. So I'm hoping that something behind the scenes is happening that we're not aware of and that there will be something exciting. But, you know, TBD on Beverly Hills, TBD on OC, TBD on pretty much everything except, you know, Vanderpump's great. I'm enjoying Jersey. Go listen to my other episodes from this week if you want to hear about, you know, what Rachel Fuda's got going on. Uh, Ali being the whistleblower of Scandaval, lots of stuff happening. But today, I really just want to talk about Top Chef. Oh, this show. When I was catching up on the episodes I missed, it just is, it just goes down easy, like a delicious, you know, cup of chicken soup. And not the kind that, um, not the kind that Dale tried to make in 30 minutes at this quick fire, like chicken soup that really was, had time to develop the flavor profile. Just delicious, heartwarming, you know, sort of erases the stress and the tension in my life. Oh, this season of Top Chef is so good. Last week was that big picnic episode. And at the same time, Last Chance Kitchen came to a culmination. Um, Dale ended up coming back into the competition. Got to say, I was a little disappointed by that. I was really rooting for Begonia. I just... I don't know. I mean, I'm always the kind of person where, like, I'm probably going to root for the girlies a little bit more than the, like, seemingly toxic straight men. You know, it's just not not quite my vibe. That clip, obviously, I've never watched Top Chef Canada. Maybe not, obviously. You know, I have not watched Top Chef Canada. But that clip of Dale when he was on the season before, like, fully fucking screaming in the kitchen. I'm like, I don't love that. I know he says he's grown up or whatever since then, but I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want my chefs screaming and cursing. I want my chefs to be like sweet little cuties. I want like Gabri and Victoire crying about their dishes. I want, you know, Charbel and Ali and Amar being the hubby bees. <laughs> Charbel and Ali and Amar. Wow. What a, what a little group. 
God, this season is so good. I know I keep saying it, but like this week's episode is all centered on Chef Gagan Anand, who is a really famous chef who's known for doing, you know, lots of different crazy creative things. Um, People like Buddha and Tom are like extremely excited to be working with him this week. Um, He does both the quick fire and the elimination challenge, which I love when they have a guest judge that's really like down to be around for the whole week. Um, the quick fire, it's emoji themed, which I never thought I would be saying, talking about Top Chef. Uh, but everybody has to choose an emoji from this board and make a dish around it. I do think there's a little bit of strategy going in here. And Buddha points out that picking an emoji that is already a food item is not only sort of limiting in then what you can do with it, but it also feels like a little bit of a cop out creatively. Like if you're supposed to be really coming up with something clever and unique and meaningful, if you take the emoji for duck and you're just cooking duck, like, yeah, you, you, you did the assignment, you understood the, the brief, but it's like, uh, okay, yeah, like it, it would have been kind of weird if you didn't make duck. Like, Amar kind of twists a little bit. He takes the banana emoji and he makes that plantain dish, which looks really, really delicious. Um, Poor Victoire. She wanted the flames. She gets stuck with the sushi. I don't think that lady has ever made sushi a day in her life, which, I mean, same. Her, like, fish and rice, she does scallops. It's just, it's not, you know, if you're going to have the sushi emoji, I feel like you really just need to execute sushi. Buddha wins the challenge. It's a 30 minute quick fire and he's bringing out the liquid nitrogen as one does. He's serving like coconut shells with, you know, all of this different coconut sorbet and powder and puffy air. And, you know, it looks like a cloud with a little skull in the middle. And it just, I, I literally don't know what's going on in that dish in the best way. Because honestly, if something's happening on Top Chef, like if somebody's presenting their dish and I, I take my little notes, but like if I can describe your dish super easily, it probably means it's not quite up to par. Like for Dale, I just wrote chicken soup and that's what it is. Like perhaps we should have been thinking a bit more outside the box here. Whereas Nicole, I'm writing like, crispy meatball green on outside something else happening on inside very flavorful like (laughs) i don't know how to describe it in a way that means you you got to a place of creativity and technicality that is really what we're going for in top chef (sighs) so the bottoms for the quick fire are dale ali and victoire again r.i.p sushi emoji uh the tops are nicole buddha and amar Buddha wins the challenge, which means he gets immunity so I can, you know, breathe a little easy for the rest of the episode because, you know, my boy Buddha has had a couple of little stumbles in the last few weeks. Uh, So I'm glad to know that he's not going to be in the bottom this week. Not that he would deserve to be in the bottom, but, you know, just a little bit of safety. 
summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <sighs> For the elimination challenge, we're getting even more creative. Uh, we see Gagan Anand's dish that's like the rainbow world that's all different color powders made out of natural things and fruits and whatever and you have to lick it and that's how you eat it and it looks delicious and you know people are licking the plates and just trying to like get all of that flavory goodness it is kind of funny this challenge so they're supposed to make a dish that you can eat with no hand or not with no hands that you can eat with no utensils it's visually stunning and it has a message and this is i think probably the most conceptual challenge that we've had yet on this season and you know, when we get into challenges like this on Top Chef, you can always kind of tell that for some people, it's very like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get in here, really do something interesting, play around, get technical, do whatever. And there are some people who are kind of like, um, I mean, I guess like I'll I'll like cook something good and like tell you that there's a message with it. But like, you know. Not everybody is Buddha who brought a thousand dollars worth of random molds from home and is literally making a a pair of hands in 3D on his plate to hold his little cup of dip. You know, Sarah, she makes basically a fried rib and she delivers it beautifully. Like it looks stunning. It, I mean, it sounds like it's absolutely fucking delicious, but y- you know, her message is like, I cooked the rib slow to inspire everyone to slow down a little bit. Like, that's not winning a Nobel Peace Prize. I want to eat it. It's definitely enough for her not to be in the bottom. But, like, you can kind of get a sense for who is who is really, like, thriving in a challenge like this and who is kind of like, um, I mean, I guess you could say that it's, like, 
a thing about um like maybe like uh don't be ignorant like dale's dish (sighs) dale first of all this man is basically like yeah i thought mexican food was dumb as hell and then one day I ate a mole and I was like, oh, this is it's kind of good, I guess. Like, that's not that inspirational. So his message is basically like, don't assume that food from other cultures is shitty just because you haven't eaten it yet. I don't think that's really giving like inspirational in the way that maybe he thought it was. It's it's, it's like, OK, yeah, there are lots of things I haven't eaten and I don't just like assume they're bad because they're not McDonald's. I don't know. Also, it's just like, I mean, the mole apparently was pretty good, but it does feel like a strange time to choose to cook something that is very much outside of your wheelhouse. When, you know, Sarah points out, Gabri already was in the top this season for making a mole, which is like, very much in his wheelhouse every week he's churning out mexican food that a you maybe have never heard of b looks incredibly delicious and c is like technically very sound so being like yeah i guess i'll throw together a mole to to teach people not to be ignorant it's like okay i guess uh i really felt for victoire in this challenge i don't know she her dish just didn't quite come together but i really loved the concept and the idea that you know, the African continent has so much culinary, you know, so much culture happening. The gastronomy, she loves the word gastronomy, which I love that she loves that because it sounds beautiful when she says it. But that, you know, it's a continent with such technical precision, so many fruits and vegetables and things that you don't find other places. And that that isn't necessarily appreciated on the global scale, the way that European or other cuisines might be. And I I was sad that her dish didn't quite come together because I thought that she had one of my favorite kind of thesis statements of the week and that cassava cannoli looked good. But I, I, I get what the judge's issue was with the rest of the dish coming together. Uh, let's see who else, uh, who else, who else, who else? Oh, poor Tom, poor Tom. I don't really like Tom. So it's not like poor Tom, not Tom Colicchio, like Tom, the the German dude. He's making this pumpkin-shaped mousse concoction with other pumpkin things. It just wasn't frozen enough. It was falling apart as the judges were trying to eat it. And he kind of tried to like bullshit a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, like your hands are supposed to get dirty. It's like, scoop it all up, whatever. And it's like, no, babe, that was supposed to be like a a truffle that you could pick up and just like pop into your mouth don't pretend I really don't like it on top chef when something goes wrong and people kind of try to like fudge it to the judges and be like oh yes I'm glad you noticed that the texture is runny that was uh, a choice it's like no they wouldn't be asking if they liked it so you I feel like you look worse trying to lie and like you make yourself seem like a worse chef because it's one thing to have a solid concept and for something to go wrong but to to kind of explain it away then it feels like oh so you just you just don't have a good sense of like what the texture should have been i don't know i just, i feel like it's better to be loud and wrong than you know silently mediocre <laughs> 
uh, that's the philosophy, right? Okay. The, uh, the tops for the week end up being Charbel, Ali, and Amar. The hobby bees, they're so excited to be together. Charbel's little Lebanese flag with the, uh, the phyllo dough made out of za'atar phyllo. That looked delicious, and I liked the meaning behind that. Ali choosing to do a traditional Middle Eastern dish, but with uh, vegetarian ingredients instead of lamb. I thought that was amazing. Um, Amar really representing... Uh, I don't know. It was interesting that he went like a Thai route with this seafood sausage and a deconstructed papaya salad. That seemed like a risk for him that really paid off. Um, a fun top three. Ali wins the challenge. Uh, my Jordanian prince. He's so hot. Um, congratulations, Ali. Uh, well, in the meantime, the bottoms of the week are Dale, Victoire, and Tom. No big surprises there. Uh, Dale does get sent packing again just a week after returning from Last Chance Kitchen. I, you know, I, I'm on the fence of whether I would have rather Dale or Tom went home this week, but I think Dale was probably the right choice. Um, which brings us to Last Chance Kitchen. Sylvia is back. Dale is back. The challenge is to make an omelet in 15 minutes. They go, they could not have gone more different routes. Dale goes for a very traditional French omelet, basically with just some mushrooms and spinach puree on the side. Whereas Sylvia is doing this specific omelet dish that they make at the Savoy Hotel that is like inspired by somebody and has smoked fish in it. And most notably is partly cooked on the stove in like a little cast iron skillet. And then you put hollandaise on it and then you bake it in the oven. Tom seems confused by this. Me as you know, novice chef of the world, I was confused by this because an omelet is one of the only things that I feel like I could make myself. I, I, look, it looked delicious. It, you know, like I, I like like an egg bake thing. I would never call that an omelet. I believe her that it's a thing. Um, overall, she gets sent home because the eggs are overcooked, not because the concept was wrong. Um, but, you know, I think simpler probably would have been better. Dale just makes up a, a good little omelet and that's enough. Uh, and I think that's enough for me for this week. I will be back next week, of course, with lots more Bravo content. So make sure you are following the show, subscribed wherever you listen. So you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.